Welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. I want to kick off the show here, our, our abbreviated version, with uh, Sports Illustrated. Ties into the Super Bowl a bit here. Uh, we did, in the first hour of the show, talk about the intentional destruction of air traffic controllers and why planes are bumping into each other on the runway now. And it's, it's going to get way worse. There were 46 close calls in a month. A close call of like a plane about to land on top of another plane that's about to take off. Like running onto each other on the, run- on the runway. Seconds apart, seconds away from running into each other and crashing and everyone dying. 46 in a month. And it's because of our air traffic controllers and that was entirely intentional. I actually just got an email from a guy who says, I'm the lawyer. Where is it here? I got it out of here a second. He said, I'm the lawyer for the the air traffic controllers who were against everything you were just talking about, <laughs> which is awesome. So we'll, we'll probably talk to him, uh, hopefully, uh, here soon too. Anyway, that was in the beginning. If you can su- subscribe to SiriusXM and you can listen to the whole three hours. Uh, but here is our segment on Sports Illustrated and how we have to kind of be careful with when we say go woke, go broke. Last week, we never got a chance to talk about uh, Sports Illustrated. So I think post-Super Bowl, this seems appropriate. So Sports Illustrated fired their entire staff. Uh, I don't know what this means because I went to sportsillustrated.com like a minute ago and it's still there. So I don't exactly know what's happening. And there's like, it's like licensing. I don't know. There's like a whole business. I didn't go to business schools. I don't know. There's like licensing groups went bankrupt or uh, who knows. But people started doing this this go woke, go broke thing, right? You have Sports Illustrated for 70 years. They're an American cultural institution, 70 years. And they went bankrupt or whatever. They, they fire everyone. And I think a lot of conservatives celebrated that. They celebrated the demise of Sports Illustrated. They, oh, see, go woke, go broke, serves you right. And I think people are saying that as if that's like some sort of dunk, on sports, there's like, oh, told you. Like, it's like a dunk on the activist. See, activist, people don't want the what you're, what you're feeding them. You go woke, you go broke. Ha, ah, we win now. And I just, I, just, if I, I just make one point about this. These activists don't care that they went broke. It's not, it's not that even that they don't care they went broke. Like, that's the point. The point was to go broke. The point was to destroy the thing. And they did. And then we look at it and we're like, oh, look, you destroyed it. They're like, yeah, I know. You with me? Like, that's not a, we're not, it's not an attack on the woke. That's the point of what they were doing. They want it all gone. I think when we say, go woke, go broke. That assumes that the the person and the people who infiltrated this cultural institution are good actors who are just doing the best they can. And they thought, you know, we'll, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll try to or maybe this is the way that the American people are moving and we'll try to reflect what people want. And and then we're like, oh, look, it didn't work. And they're like, oh, no, how could we have done this? How could we have destroyed this beloved cultural institution that's been around for 70 years? Oh, I feel so bad. And we're like, oh, go, woke, go broke. Look, I know I lost. I can't believe it. They're like, great. We wanted this all along. There's no way there's any good actor at Sports Illustrated who's like, oh, wow, I guess the readers of Sports Illustrated didn't want an obese transgender man on the cover of the swimsuit edition. I really misjudged that one. We better change our ways now. No, if anything, the fact that you didn't like the obese transgender man on the front of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition is proof that you are transphobic. And now the activists need to double their efforts. You're still not convinced that this man can be turned into a beautiful woman? You still, you, you know, we tricked you for a second. You thought it was a woman. And then later you found out it was a man. And you still don't think it's okay? All right, we're going to keep, keep doing our darndest. Better keep our activism up. Here's my point. The point of activism is not to change your mind. These activists are not trying to change your mind. You're a racist, sexist, xenophobic bigot. You're, you're, you support Donald Trump. Your mind will never be changed. They know that. They're not here to change your mind on an issue. They know that you're not going to uh, be turned on by the, by, the, by the transgender guy on the front. What are, like, that's not their point. Their point isn't for you to be like, wow, that uh, man kind of looks like a woman. I guess I support men and women's sports. Or whatever. They're not trying to change your mind. The point of the activism is to destroy what is good. It's to destroy what is good. That is the point. And Sports Illustrated was good. I'm not saying it was the most important, wonderful thing in the whole world, but it was a shared cultural institution, shared cultural institution that was good. And the left targets things that are good. They target things that are good, beautiful, and true, and they make them, uh, they destroy them. They're like a parasite. They don't just destroy it straight away. They infiltrate it, use it to spread their message for as long as they can until they go out of business, until they go broke, and then they move on to their next host, their next thing to destroy. And all conservatives do is we sit back, we're like, ah, go woke, go broke. Ah." They're like, okay, great. What do I take? What do I destroy now? Sports Illustrated has the easiest business model ever. There's no easier. Sports Illustrated, you tell stories about sports. And once a year, you post pictures of women in bikinis. How can you screw this one up? You can't. It's the same thing we talked about with the schools last week. That 20% of the schools in Illinois, fewer than 10% of kids can read. That is so bad. You can only come to the conclusion that they're actively doing that. You like they, they must be trying to make kids stupider. There's no way you can be trying to educate kids and you fail that bad. Like you have to be trying to make kids stupid and you're succeeding wildly. And the same thing here, you can't possibly screw up a sports magazine. <laughs> you're right? Like what do you mean? Like how could you, Oh, they Oh, they meant to. Yeah, of course. They did it on purpose. The people involved said to themselves, either actively or subliminally, they said, how can we destroy Sports Illustrated? 
because it's loved by men. It's part of the patriarchy and men are anti-gay and anti-trans or whatever and we need to destroy it. So they went out there and sought to destroy it. Doing the, who's the kid in the Simpsons? Ha <laughs> ha, or whatever. What's it? You can't just sit back and be like, ha <laughs> ha, you destroyed it. Like, yeah, I know. But they, they tried to. It's just like the Dylan Volman. Who's the um, Alyssa Hasselback or whatever? Not Hasselback. <laughs> well, two, two of my football head, but whatever. This, like, this, uh, this woman, this like 32-year-old woman became the vice president of marketing at Bud Light. Why would a Harvard grad, Wharton Business School graduate, go to work at Bud Light? Because she wanted to destroy it. She admitted so. We got the video of her saying it has a frat boy image and we want it. Like she, she says she wants to destroy this thing, of course. Why would you go work for Bud Light? Why would a, why would a, it'd be like a gun nut going to go work at an anti-gun organization or something. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no rational reason why we should do that other than she wanted to destroy it. And there's a term for this. It's a, it's a critical theory term. It's in German. I don't, I can't speak German, but it's called Offenbund. Offenbund. So if anyone speaks German now, you can make fun of me. That's fine. It means abolish. It's abolish in Germany. It's specifically, Offenbund der Kultur. It means destroy the culture. The left, they do this all the time, but one of the prominent times uh, attempts was Dr. Seuss. Do you remember, maybe like a year or so ago, they canceled a bunch of Dr. Seuss books because they were racist or whatever. And the goal was to destroy Dr. Seuss. And you're like, well, hold on, why would they want to destroy Dr. Seuss? What do you, this guy's not even alive anymore. Why do you want to destroy Dr. Seuss? One of the great, beloved, cherished icons of America and childhood and hop on pop. And like, what are you talking about? One fish, red fish, red fish. Like, we, like, we all love Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Like your brain can't, and I said, this is good. I'm glad that you, like, this is like, you like reject this up front. Like, what do you mean someone would want to destroy a thing because it's good? Why would they want to destroy Dr. Seuss? Because it's good. That's why. The great James Lindsay, who's all, he knows more about this woke stuff than anything. He wrote about this. He says, why would they want to destroy Dr. Seuss? Because of its success. Seuss became a cultural anchor point for hundreds of millions of children and adult, adults. And by tainting Seuss, his legacy, and your own memories of him with accusations of racism and harm, they can abolish that shared cultural anchor and make more room to advance their own agenda in which every text is decolonized and geared to indoctrinate you and your children in critical theory, especially critical race theory. So we got to get Dr. Seuss out of the schools. Well, what do we replace it with? Uh Uh-huh. Hop on mom, who's actually a dad or whatever. Right? They replace, replace it with whatever they want. But that's, that's, that's what they do. They, they, tr- they take things that are good, beautiful, and true, these shared cultural markers, and destroy them because they can't have a unified people. We don't have many shared cultural markers anymore. The, I, I'm very pro-Super Bowl because it is really the last thing we share. It's the last thing that we all watch. And even if you don't even care, like even if you don't care who wins or even if you don't like Usher or whatever, like everyone watches it and that's good. We don't have any of those anymore. There's nothing that we all watch. Even the Olympics, we don't even watch the Olympics anymore because NBC screws up their coverage so much. Like you can't even like, you don't even know when anything's on or whatever. So like there's no shared things. 
And that's a big problem. Listen, these people, they, these, these activists, they tried to destroy the NFL. That's what that whole thing was. Kaepernick and the crew. That's what it, was. it wasn't about police brutality. It was to destroy the NFL because it wasn't just the kneeling. It was even after all the kneeling nonsense. Kaepernick, you watch that documentary he made or whatever. And it wasn't just him. Like other people tried to make this point that the NFL is a modern day slave labor camp where they, uh, the white man benefits off the labor of the black man and they poke and prod and inspect the players like at a slave auction. Don't you remember that scene in Colin Kaepernick's movie when uh, it was like NFL training camp and it would it, it just like like phased over into a slave a slave selling camp like like in Africa or whatever? And like what do you – because like, like measuring uh, a man's 40 is the same as, as – selling him to work in the New Orleans tobacco fields or what is like, what are you talking about? But that's the point. And like, Oh, this, this man making $20 million a year, he's like a slave for the white man. And like, now listen, that is so absurd that like that one didn't quite stick. But the point of that was to destroy the NFL. Why? Because the NFL is something we all share and they can't have that. And, and, and NFL is also a meritocracy, right? And they need to destroy sports because destroys are meritocracies. Uh, now, the NFL still has end racism in the end zones. <laughs> That'll be there forever. But the Super Bowl remains, and it's one of the last shared cultural experiences that we still have in this country, and that is a good thing. Sports Illustrated, by the way, gave Colin Kaepernick the Muhammad Ali Legacy Award. <laughs> so that was in 2017. So it's been probably about 10 years since sports illustrated was taken over by the parasite been about 10 years uh this this is a sports illustrated article about colin kaepernick's award colin kaepernick made the made his truth known when he first decided to not stand for the national anthem made his truth known what kind of ridiculous sentence is that made his truth known so are you with me on this let's just wrap this up we'll get to awr here in a second we conservatives, we, we, we laugh at our peril. We, we sit back and we laugh. Ah, look, go, woke, go, broke. And it's, we can't be doing that anymore because they're happy about it. We can laugh at them for the rest of our lives as they take over every cultural institution we have left in this country and break it. <laughs> go, woke, go, broke. They're like, yep. Do it to our holidays. Like Columbus Day is just the beginning of it. Let's jettison that and replace it with Indigenous People's Day. So what, all of our movies. Oh, did you see the other day was the uh, 50th anniversary of Blazing Saddles. And I guess, I haven't seen Blazing Saddles in 20 years, so I got to change that. But I guess in the beginning they have like this trigger warning woman come on and tell you about it or whatever. Like, I'm surprised Blazing Saddles is still allowed. But they do it with books like Dr. Seuss. They're changing language constantly all the time. Like it's all just to destroy. And we sit back and we laugh as, as if like we're laughing at our cancer. <laughs> like, we, like we have cancer. We just laugh at it. We're like, ah, you just destroyed my liver. <laughs> I know there's people who are like, oh, come on. It's just a silly magazine. Who cares? It's everything. It's everything. Shared cultural experiences, shared cultural values, shared cultural moments. They need to destroy all those so that we have nothing to unite around at all. So we say go broke. So go woke, go broke. And the left says, yep. What's next?
always a pleasure to talk to the great AWR Hawkins. AWR, how you doing, man? Mike, I'm doing great. Great to be with you. And to you. Do you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. Mahomes, uh, Mahomes was a quarterback at a little school I'm in love with called Texas Tech. That's and exactly uh, right. that's where I did my Ph.D., and I have family there now. And so, uh, for that reason, I've always liked watching the Chiefs. So, that's yeah. what I did. No, that's right. I, uh, I was in Texas Tech the other day, and uh, he's, like, still all over the camp. <laughs> like, he's definitely the most <laughs> beloved to love, uh, no question. Uh, tell us what happened in Houston this weekend, sir. Well, I mean, you know, Mike, I like to say this. What happened there could happen anywhere, which is why I always urge people to be prepared uh, uh, I urge people according to their state laws to carry a gun and be prepared, know how to use it, pay attention to their environment. A woman came into a church, uh, of course, a mega church. She came into that church in a trench coat and a, with a backpack on. And uh, under that coat, she had a long gun. And uh, she had a four or five year old with her. Police are still, you know, every now and then they'll say it's a five year old, every now and then they say, well, it's four or five, but. So she had a young child with her, and uh, then she pulled that rifle rifle and opened fire. And uh, there were off-duty, and if you've ever been in Texas, you know this is how it works. If you go into a large business or a large gathering place like a church in Texas, you can count on one thing. There are cops in there. Off-duty cops work those venues mm-hmm. uh, for extra money on weekends. And uh, two off-duty officers, one a Houston police officer and one a, a TABC, which is the Texas Alcohol Bureau. They control the sale of alcohol and different things. Two off-duty armed officers there took her out. And, uh, of course, uh, as she lay on the ground dying, she told him she had explosives. I don't know if she said she had them in her car or strapped on her body or what. It was all a lie. But it got a little exciting there for a minute. But uh, then uh, that's that. And so she died, uh, as as it should be. And uh, she died. And uh, the shame is that the small child is in critical condition. And a 57-year-old man was wounded. His condition is not critical at all. Uh, but still to be wounded, uh, not that that would be pleasant, but that's what happened in, uh, in Lakewood Church yesterday. Who was the person, that the, the good guy with the gun, were they hired to be there, or were they just happened to be at the church with a concealed weapon? Now, common sense tells me they're hired to be there, because like that church is full of off-duty uh, Harris County sheriff deputies that are hired to be there they would do it on the weekend for extra money that's what i was saying that's a common thing in texas uh you'll see off-duty officers working a lot of venues like that so i would imagine they were hired to be there if i had to guess uh especially because uh they're both in there uh yeah i I would imagine they were hired to be there mike not a lot of attention given to the story of course because it ended uh, how AWR always hopes it ends and often does. All right. right. Um, tell us, we we're just talking about, go, yeah, we we're just talking about go, well, go broke AWR a second ago in the last segment. And, uh, you wrote an article here about these pro leagues, NHL, NBA, major league baseball, the top pro leagues supporting some gun control legislation. What are they supporting? Uh, supporting the, uh, uh, permanent reauthorization of the undetectable firearms act and this act here's how old this act is 
this act was put together when Glocks began to be introduced into the USA. <laughs> and what happened is when Glocks were introduced into the USA, all these people started freaking out, and they said, it's a plastic gun. <laughs> it's undetectable. And so they put this they, – so what does Congress do? They, Congress does what they do. They make legislation about something they don't even understand. Anybody who's picked up a Glock understands, yes, the frame is polymer. It is. Reinforced with pieces of steel, which are highly detectable. The slide is all metal, completely detectable. The firing pin is metal. Compl- on and on I could go. See, people didn't understand. Now that has – uh, grandfathered, they're wanting to renew it, authorize it permanently. But people are saying, and rightly so, if we were to reauthorize this, a weaponized agency like the ATF will use it to say, okay, now this gun falls under the undetectable framework, whether it's undetectable or not. And they will use this measure to ban more and more firearms. And so there is. A to- an unbelievable amount of opposition to reauthorizing this. And right in the middle of that, you have the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, all these groups or these pro leagues. They have no more idea what they're talking about than Congress did in the 1980s, but they just want to be, they want to be in vogue here and be pro gun control. So that's what they're doing. Even NASCAR. Even NASCAR. And NASCAR, let's face it. I don't even, I mean, uh, I don't want to bash them, but I don't even go to NASCAR anymore. Who goes, I mean, going to NASCAR now would be like sitting in Travis Kelsey's press box at uh, a Kansas City Chiefs game. I mean, who wants to go to it? And uh, so, uh, yeah, NASCAR is not what it used to be. How could NASCAR have gone woke? That's unbelievable. They will will infiltrate and destroy anything and everything. That's unbelievable. And that's what, Mike, why can't people learn that? If you look, whether you talk about education in America, whether you talk about pro sports, whatever you're talking about, wherever the left gets involved, destruction follows. And folks have to learn that. I try to tell people all the time, if you want to know the difference between the left and the right, politically speaking, the left always takes away things. And most of the time it's freedom. But they take away things. The right tries to get government out of the way so you can exercise the very things the left is trying to take. And people have to understand that, and they have to see the left causes destruction. Yeah, I like that. So we always talk about destroy versus build up, but I like your formulation of take away things. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That way of thinking about it. They take away things. Um, okay, let me take let me devil's advocate. AWR. I own a uh, football stadium. I don't want someone to come in with a with an undetectable gun through the metal detectors here and sh- kill a bunch of people. You do? You want that to happen? Right. Well, I mean, first I would ask you to show me an undetectable gun, and then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, what you'll do what you'll do is show me a gun that you made on a 3D slide that you ignored the instructions to reinforce it with metal. And when you do that, 
you're going to also have to show me plastic or rubber or something bullets, which are going to end up being non-fatal. And they're also, you're going to have a problem because once the powder ignites in that unreinforced plastic, you're probably just going to have everything melt inside of your plastic barrel. You're not even going to get a projectile to come out of it. So it's not going to work to begin with. So I don't have any fear. But once you can show me your plastic gun that's going to be fatal to someone else, you you talk to me and we'll discuss it. Until then, we've already been down this path. And we're talking about Texas, so let's talk about Texas. In Texas, they tried to say you can't go to a pro stadium even as an off-duty officer if you have a gun. Mm, Governor Greg Abbott said, well, good luck. You'll either shut down your stadiums and go to another state, or you'll understand that in Texas – off-duty officers carry a gun everywhere they go. That's how you handle it, and that's how Greg Abbott handled it. Who tried to pass it? So you're saying someone tried to pass that bill in Texas? Yeah, well, no, the okay. NFL tried to pass got it, uh, got a it, complete ban, and Greg Abbott told the NFL, listen, you can take a hike, you can take your teams and leave the state, oh, or wow. you can understand that in this state there will always be armed officers at every venue. Yeah, well done. Um, we're trying to AWR Hawkins, of course. I meant to send this to AWR. I apologize. So I'm uh, blindsiding you here, if that's even possible. Um, in San Diego, there was – we told three stories about school shootings. And the, the theme of the stories were uh, personal responsibility and where is a parent's personal responsibility or where should parents be held criminally liable for a child's school shooting. That was the overall theme. And one of the scenarios we played out there was last week in San Diego. There was a 14-year-old who said, I'm going to shoot up the school. They, they got him before he did it. But they went into the kid's house and they found 19 guns. Excuse me, 29 guns. 29. An arsenal, AWR. And I guess nine of them did not have serial numbers on it. So they charged him with that. And he's facing three years in jail. So obviously our question was like, how responsible is the dad for the kid's behavior? Blah, blah. But for you, what are they going to get him on? What, what is that? What is those three years? Uh, for, are you saying that they put those three years on the kid? No, on the dad. Oh, yeah, as they should. Yeah. Well, the dad, the dad uh, having the guns without serial numbers, uh, those are – in my opinion, they're likely stolen. The media probably reported them as ghost guns. That's Either right. way, he's in violation of California law. I don't agree with California law, but he's in violation of it. So that's that's where they have him. Plus, he had, unless they've said otherwise since the initial reports, he had some rocket-propelled grenades, which in California, that's a no-no. Uh, so, uh, even, if they're, even if they're inert, even if they don't work? Well... I don't know. I can't get that specific on that aspect yeah. of California law, so I won't do it because I don't want to make a mistake. But uh, he had done some things there that uh, if he didn't have them registered. See, this is a problem. You have to stand. There are myriad traps in California because people have looked the other way while gun controls passed. They not only have universal background checks, assault weapons ban, a high-capacity magazine ban, a 10-day waiting period on gun purchases – they, but they have gun registration. They have a whole team of people whose job it is to come and take your guns in California. This is before they even had a red flag law. If they find out after the fact that you'd committed a crime, you shouldn't have guns, they go and take your guns. So they are, they've always had confiscatory laws. Now they have a red flag law. Now they have, as I say, the gun registration and on and on. There are so many ways you can mess up in California. Uh, this so guy this really- dad – 
this dad made myriad mistakes. And uh, so his that's why he's getting his prison sentence. And uh, But the thing is, I, I am weary here because, like, you look in uh, Oxford uh, in uh, Michigan at that Oxford High School shooting. I, at some point, at some point, you know, you have to go, okay, this kid's old enough to know. I don't take a gun and go in and do this or do that. And so, I mean, I do think there's parental responsibility, but I, I believe right now we're in a gray area. Where I'm trying to figure out, I'm, I'm not applying this to California. I'm talking about in Michigan. I, I don't know. I don't know. Do both parents go to prison? Does one parent go to prison? Mm-hmm. I do think if I own a gun, it's in my name. Then you know, I am. When I buy that gun, I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to be responsible because we not only have rights, we have duties. But uh, I'm scared of of the way they're going after parents, because I believe it's going to make people hesitant to acquire a gun in the first place. And that's not the right solution. That's definitely the direction they're going in uh, with that. No question. What, what's it? We got 30 seconds. What's dragon's breath ammo. Is that a good thing or, or no? Yeah, I've got a box of it. it it's fun. But uh, when you shoot it, what it does is it leaves a trail behind it. It's like shooting a, uh, it's like shooting a sparkler, but except since it's a shotgun, you're shooting out about 20 or 30 sparklers at once. <laughs> that's so awesome. You, you, you yeah, that's see good. that line all the way to the target, and then the projectiles hit the target. But it it leaves that streak. So it's it's a. am not putting the company down. I'm just saying it is a novelty. Sure, sure. It, you're definitely not allowed to have that in California. <laughs> I don't know the law, but like haven't been there for 12 years, like there's no way – that's allowed in California either because it's awesome and you can't have awesome things in California. Mike Slater, Breitbart News Daily. Thanks, A.W.R. Hawkins, the great, on Breitbart.com. Spread the word. I'm American made. I got American parts. I got American Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. On my podcast, I don't know if we're going to do this on the on the radio or not, but uh, everyone's sending me these notes, uh, this, the clips of the He Gets Us commercial from the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. I don't, I don't know if we should talk about it on the radio or on the podcast. The podcast, Politics by Faith, I think we'll put it over there. So you can join us over on, uh, on that podcast as well. And we'll be back tomorrow with lots of other news as well on Breitbart News Daily. Oh,